Hello, welcome to the monthly Skill Bite Show, where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skill Bites author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Today, our guest is Charmaine Hammond, CSP. Charmaine has been in the business of changing lives and raising dreams for more than 25 years through teaching and principles of collaboration, partnership, and sponsorship through one of her businesses, Raise a Dream. Charmaine is an 11 times best-selling author, executive producer of an award-winning film, Back Home Again, and also partners with the Crowdfunding Hub to teach authors how to crowdfund their book. As a certified speaking professional and best-selling author, Charmaine shares her unmatched speaking, sponsorship, and entrepreneurial experiences with business owners, authors, and speakers looking to expand the funding and reach of their projects. She has funded her own book tour, a seven-week North American tour through collaboration and sponsorship, and is known for selling her books in bulk by the truckload. Charmaine, welcome to the Skill Bite Show. We're so delighted to have you here. Thank you, Judy. It's always great to have a conversation with you. <laughs> well, you've, you're an 11 times best-selling author. Tell me, what got you started with writing your first book? Oh my gosh, it's good. <laughs> I guess you could say I'm one of those accidental authors who I know you've met some of them too in your work, Judy. Uh, I had written a short story about my dog, Toby, and submitted it for Chicken Soup for the Soul. And the story was really about the volunteer work he did as an animal-assisted therapy dog. And Chicken Soup for the Soul accepted it. And, and then a publisher saw that I was going to be speaking about the Chicken Soup for the Soul um, story in her community in San Diego. And she reached out to me to meet with me and she had read the story and she basically said, this story needs to be a book. And I thought, Oh, I have no idea what that really means, but okay. <laughs> and that's how the story started. So I really have to credit my dog, Toby, for um, giving me such an incredible story to write about that has now led to two children's books, the third one on the way, and then the, you know, the story goes on with other books and collaborative books that I've been in. Okay, so the, you have the two children's books, and then you have the nine other books. Are they, are they your books? They collaborate, all collaborative so I'm, I have actually um, five books of my own that are traditionally published, um, three in Toby, a memoir, two children's books, a per personal development book, and the third children's book coming out. And then the, all the other books um, featured in actually 11 collaborative books as well, and uh, two Chicken Soup for the Soul, and then Voices of the 21st Century. I've actually been in five editions of that book, and then some others. And so it's been incredible that... Um, being traditionally published and self-published and hybrid published, it's been a great learning uh, for me around how it all works. And my publisher, Betty, uh, when I signed the contract with her, she said it was really important to learn 
the whole in and outs of the publishing world. And she's also a, a best-selling, award-winning author of, I think, 28 books in more than 30 languages. And so she knows what it's like to be an author and to be a speaker. And uh, so I, I really just sort of grabbed onto, you know, onto her shirt tails and, and devoured every piece of information that she gave to me. And it helped me so much in the work that I do with authors, but also with my own books and the collaborative books. Awesome. So with the new children's book, you're coming out, how, which of the three are you planning to do the self-publishing, the hybrid or the traditional? I think with this book, we're going to self-publish. And um, one of the reasons why with this one is we're we're going to be doing a number of wraparound products. And my publisher is totally okay with that. We're going to be doing a number of wraparound kind of products and services. So I want to actually create an app. I want to be able to have the book available in different languages, uh, specifically in some of Canada's indigenous languages, and then also to create activity toolkits. So coloring books, activity books, and those would relate to all three. So I'm going to be learning lots more about the the self-publishing world as I do that as well. Very good. Well, you're also involved with helping authors get sponsorships. Tell us Mm. a little bit about that. What is a sponsorship and how do you get them? Mm, What a great question, Judy. So sponsorship, uh, think about it as a marketing relationship. It's a marketing relationship with you and a business. And the business is supporting your book, your project, your event, um, because they're interested in the audience that you serve, the audience that you're connected to, and that your project, so that could be your book, your event, your launch, whatever it is that you're seeking sponsorship for, your project helps them in some way with one of their marketing objectives. We often associate sponsorship with nonprofit organizations, and it certainly does uh, work with nonprofits. But the type of sponsorship I'm talking about today is not about nonprofit sponsorship. It's about working with a business to create a collaboration where they're supporting your project with either cash um, sponsorship or in-kind sponsorship. And in-kind sponsorship could be things like uh, my first book launch that we did. We had a sponsor buy 50 copies of the book so that I could give everybody who came to the event a book instead of having them buy it. And my financial advisor sponsored the room and the refreshments and the uh, the beverages. And then I had another sponsor who sponsored uh, different marketing strategies. And that's an in-kind sponsorship. And then, of course, there's cash. So the second part of your question was, how does it work? And it really works from forming relationships with businesses. And I'll say, Judy, that the first mm, 40 sponsors that I had were all in kind. So there was no checks written, but collectively, the amount of in-kind sponsorship that they provided was about $35,000. And over three years, that's $120,000 plus plus that did not come out of my bank account. So I had a clothing sponsor, a hair sponsor. I had a printing sponsor who did all of my marketing materials. I had uh, travel sponsors who helped me out with hotels when I was traveling. And the list goes on and on. And they were all from relationships that I had. My hairstylist, my eye doctor, the clothing store I shopped at, the pet store that we bought Toby's food from. So it was all relationships that I had 
And then we work together to figure out how can we collaborate so that this helps what I'm working on and it helps the sponsor's business. Are there specific things that sponsors are looking for when you want to approach somebody to be a sponsor? It's a great question. So when we think about the specific things sponsors are looking for, I learned through time that um, sponsors, there's one thing in common. Typically, it's the audience. So I'll give you an example. If, if someone has written a book about women's health and they go to um, a sporting store, that might be a good fit because perhaps that sporting store is interested in attracting more female clients. Maybe they're really interested in women's health, but going to say a pet store for a sponsorship, if your book is on women's health, that might not be a fit because it's, uh, you know, the, the pet store would be saying, I don't get the connection. I don't understand this. And, you know, we don't promote health and our target audience is, is different. So they're looking for a connection in, audience. And so that's why as authors, it's really important to know who your audience is. And I know Judy, you and I have had some great conversations about everyone is not your audience. (laughs) And so in sponsorship, it's just like when you're writing your book and you need to know who your reader is. Sponsorship is the same thing. We've got to look for businesses that uh, serve the audience that we serve. Now, that being said, some sponsorship seekers have been really uh, successful in working with the businesses that they already do business with. Let me give you an example. One of the authors that we've worked with, he has a coffee shop that he actually does a lot of his writing at. It's where he just gets this creative juices going and he's there a lot. He spends a lot on coffee and he let them know that his book is going to be coming out. And they said, oh, we should host a book signing for you. So they actually uh, talked about in-kind sponsorship where they would rent out for, for no cost to the author, the, the back room that they have, like a meeting space. They would provide all the coffee and refreshments to people that were going to sell his book at the coffee shop. So that's a great example of a collaboration and sponsorship with someone that he knows and does business with already. And what, what do the sponsors, what, what type of incentive should mm. the author give to the sponsors to make it worth their while to, whether it's in kind or cash? Yes. So that, that is the question of the day. What are sponsors looking for? Um, every sponsor wants something different. Uh, when we did our million acts of kindness tour, the seven week North American tour, I'll share a story about, we had a poop bag sponsor. Yes. A poop bag sponsor. Now that's not going to work if you don't have a dog, but we we have a dog and, and we are promoting his books. And so the owner of the poop bag company, when I approached him to say, we're getting the motor home wrapped, we had a, a motor home sponsored and we were going to have it wrapped and all the sponsored logos would be on it. And he said, oh, that's great. But that has zero value to me, Charmaine. And I said, really? And he said, you know, nobody looks at a moving billboard and sees an image of a poop bag <laughs> and goes and runs to the next pet supply store and buys that brand or hops on Amazon and buys it. That's not how customers make their buying decisions for my product is what he said. And so he wanted engagement. He said, the way that my poop bags sell is for people to stick them on their hand and pick stuff up. <laughs> That's because people will know they, they don't break. They don't have an icky smell. 
and they're fully compostable. So there's all these really green elements, eco-friendly elements. And he said, the storytelling and the sampling is what sells my poop bags. So when we were able to create some engagement opportunities for him, where the poop bags could be in motion, like we did a, a, a dog park pickup one day and we did a little uh, event at the dog park. And he loved that because people got to try the bags. And we also gave, he sponsored some of the school presentations. And so all the kids went home with a three pack of the, the poop bags for the kids who had dogs and those who didn't took them anyways, because they thought it was really cool. <laughs> so that's an example of where we have to build the relationship to know what the sponsor wants, because it is highly likely that just sticking their logo everywhere is not going to, um, it's not going to, to be sufficient for them. Great. So do you have other examples of what sponsors are looking for? Some want the, sure. the billboard or the logos. Yeah. Some want sample products given out. What it, What are some of the other ranges of, um, ideas for sponsors. Yes. yes. One of our clients who's an author and also has uh, workbooks that support her, her books. Uh, she, w- in her approach for sponsors, she learned that some of the sponsors that were saying yes to her, they were happy to have their logo, uh, uh, you know, on the, the workbook and on the posters and the social media that was valuable to them. But what was most valuable was at the different launch events that she did that she either had someone from the company there so that they could greet people and meet people that were there and that she mentioned them from the stage. And so what she did is that as she was introducing and welcoming everybody, she acknowledged her sponsors and she didn't just say, I want to thank my sponsors and then listed them all off. She said, let me tell you about a few businesses that have helped me bring my dream to life. And she shared a story about each one. So she shared a story about going into the the store that I think it was a um, like a home um, a home supply store type thing. And uh, she went into the store and met with the manager. And she talked about the incredible customer service that she got there and told a funny story of something happened and said, you know, this this company has been really instrumental in helping me. And people remember that. People remember stories. They don't just remember a bulleted list of names of companies. Mm -hmm. And so that might be something you're looking for engagement with the audience or the opportunity to meet them or be mentioned from the stage. They might be interested in sampling from the previous example. Sometimes they're interested in doing something like a door prize where they could collect emails. And I've seen this in the financial industry a lot. Mm-hmm. where they're looking to collect emails. So people fill out a ballot. It has their emails. They can opt out. I've also seen um, sponsors that are interested in sort of those photo opportunities where they might have a staff. This works really well when the staff show up at an event and they've got the logo on their shirt. So they're looking for opportunities to be in photos with the author or with the audience. Um, some of them are looking for just kind of connections. Um, others are looking for uh, opportunities to just be showcased and talked about in the media. So for example, an author might do a press release and the sponsors are recognized in the press release. We had one sponsor for our Million Acts of Kindness tour where we calculated uh, all of the times that um, they were featured on the media. So all the times that the motorhome was featured on the media and it was a lot of, you know, if they had to purchase all that media, from the TV stations, it would have cost a lot. So they were thrilled with 
because we created opportunities. Like when we were going on TV, we would have, we would get the crew outside and they would film the motor home with Toby hanging out the window <laughs> coming in. And that's what was playing before we even got into the studio. So they were, some sponsors are looking for kind of wider spread recognition, whether that's media or social media. Cool. Great. I really like those ideas. Thanks. If there are some mistakes that you've seen, could you share what authors should be avoiding mm. uh, when they're seeking sponsorships? Oh, mistakes. That's a great question. And I've made them all. <laughs> so, so I talk about this through experience. And, uh, and also, like I've been doing sponsorship for about more than 30 years because I ran a nonprofit agency before I opened my business and my job was to get sponsorship. So I've been on all sides of the sponsorship table, including being a sponsor in, a, in another job prior to opening my business. So when we think about sponsorship, Oh, I just lost your question, Judy. I was going on a tangent with a really good idea. And then it was like, oh, I need to come back. Ah, it was on the mistakes. <laughs> the mistakes. <laughs> so there's one where we lose our focus. <laughs> Way to go, Charmaine. The other mistake that people make is asking for something before a relationship. This is so critical. They... Um, I'll give you an example. An author shared with me that she didn't have a positive experience with a sponsor and we were not working with her, but she was phoning for advice around how do I recover this? And the mistake that she had made when she told me the story, she basically got on a phone call with a sponsor, a business that she didn't know, didn't have any relationships, doesn't use their brand and basically just said, you know, I've got the greatest book and you would be a perfect sponsor. And if we think about it from the sponsor perspective, they're thinking, how do you know I would be a perfect sponsor? What do you know about my company? And so she just launched in with all the amazing things about her and her book and didn't do any research on the sponsor, didn't understand what their priorities and values are. And she basically asked for support without having a relationship. And it's kind of like, um, you know, that old analogy we hear all the time. It's like asking for a marriage proposal before you've even met the person or dated. And so it it feels really uncomfortable and it doesn't build trust. The other two mistakes are people sending pitch letters or proposals or proposals with gold, silver, bronze, generic um, sort of tiers in them without being asked to send a proposal. So those always or most always end up in a no. And the reason those gold, silver, bronze proposals don't work is that most sponsors want to have something that's written for them and about them. They want customized. And the last um, mistake I would think or I would say that happens is when authors uh, are finished the project and they just move on to the next thing and they don't keep that relationship with the sponsor alive. And then they go knocking on the door a year later when they need support for something else. And what's really important is to keep the relationship going so that if you go to them in the future, there hasn't been this big weird gap in time where, where we've been distant. So I actually calendar myself monthly tasks to just reach out to sponsors. How's it going? Or I saw this article about you in the paper, way to go. And I just keep in touch. Excellent. Those are really good points. Thanks. Thank you. 
Charmaine, we're reaching the end of our time here. I wanted to ask you if someone wanted to find out more about your sponsorship programs and how you can help them, what would be the best way for them to do that? Thank you for that. I would say the best way to reach out to us would be to go to our website, raiseadream.com. And we have the same handles on social media. And people can also follow me as well, Charmaine Hammond, on social media and LinkedIn. On the website, we've got all kinds of free resources, including a free ebook right on the homepage that helps people understand how sponsorship works and takes you through a seven-step model that we use in Raise a Dream. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Is there any last piece of advice or um, any points that you want to raise before we end this episode? Oh, I'll put it out as a little bit of a challenge is step into action because sponsorship can work so well for authors. It really, really can. It can help you sell your books in bulk, reach new audiences. If you were to take just 15 minutes a day, You know, if you did that every day for the course of the year, that's like 365. You can take off holidays if you want. So 300 uh, activities that you're doing towards sponsorship over the year. And I can promise you that will bring results for you. So the key is to step into action and be consistent doing little tiny baby steps every day. I love that, Charmaine. What a great point, because it's not hard to take just a few minutes a day. Yes. And think of the benefits you could reap when you do that. Exactly. Well, Charmaine, thank you so much for joining me today on the Skill Bite Show. I really appreciate all your wisdom. Thank you. 